with your host, Elder Christine Pearson. I'm a senior elder of Ancient of Days Ministries International. We are an outreach ministry commissioned by Christ to make all men see what is the fellowship or the partnership or the relationship or the intimacy of this mystery, which is something that has yet to be revealed or unveiled or disclosed. This mystery which was hidden in God before the foundation of the world, before he even made the hills or the mountains. And this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory and to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I just thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I believe um, we're going to pick up pretty much where we left off or we're going to relate to another realm or an area of this same uh, teaching we were doing yesterday uh, regarding the blood of Jesus Christ and what, con what it contains in his blood and what his blood does that no other blood can do. Amen. And the gift that God gave us through his blood which was Cleansing, atonement, removal, eradication of sin through his blood. Nothing can resist the blood of Jesus. Nothing can supersede or, or uh, overthrow or overtake or defy, I'll put it like that, the blood of Jesus. It is the final answer. It is the last word concerning sin unrighteousness, transgressions, trespasses, and iniquity. Amen? It's met its match in the blood of Jesus. And we kind of went over that yesterday. And I mentioned that it related to a, 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 a situation that I had on yesterday that I had meant to share, but the Holy Spirit, he kind of altered the order of service. And today he's kind of going to embellish on what I had planned on yesterday. So um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to um, several chapters. One is uh, Luke 12 and 42. And... Uh, we're going to start there, and then we're going to go to, put a ribbon in there, go to 2 Kings, and we're going to start at 5, 2 Kings 5th chapter, and we're going to go from 20 to 27. And uh, the Holy Spirit has already shared with me that there's some, um, one of the things the Lord gave me to do is to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. That's my call. And um, so I do a little deeper, you know, digging, you know, and searching uh, in the scriptures because there's certain truths that are not on the surface. You got to dig for this. And uh, I believe that what I'm going to share with you today, that the eyes of your understanding are going to be enlightened. You're going to see some things in the scriptures that you never considered before. And it's all because of the Holy Spirit working in us 
leading and guiding us into all truth. So I want you to uh, listen carefully, because it's going to get real good after a while. So Luke 1242. Uh, remember we have been talking about the various servants. We talked about one of the servants that said that the Lord delayeth his coming and the very uh, servants that some of them got five talents, some of them got two. And uh, basically a servant is someone who is serving someone else or uh, carrying out, helping, and assisting. But it says uh, in Luke 12, 42, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? That term could be also manager, overseer, servant. <clears throat> who his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. So the Lord is looking for people that will learn of him and feed his sheep. That's very important to the Lord. He told me that years ago. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. He, just like he told Peter. If you love me, he told me too. If you love me, Feed my lambs. Okay? Now that word love is not agape. It's like phileo. Love. Friendship. Love. But God deals with us with agape. But he said if you <clears throat> phileo me, if you are my friend, feed my sheep that he purchased with his own blood. And feed my lambs. And that's what the main thing a shepherd, whether he's fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, that's his job, is to feed God's flock that is here in the earth. That's his job. And, you know, I feel like don't be sloppy about it. If I'm going to feed you, I'm going to give you some gourmet meals, something that you're going you're gonna to chomp on for a while, wherein, you know, I don't want no snacks, you know, where you haven't really been, you know, digging in the scriptures and here I am skinny and all lean. I'm going to be fat. So I'm going to give you some meat today and you're going to be fat for a while. You're going to have to chew on this, but it's going to be incredible. Now, and the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. So what the pastor is supposed to be doing? Preaching the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And um, this is what the Lord said. He said the Lord of that servant, He, it, when he comes and rewards him, he's going to gird himself and make that servant to sit down and meet, and the Lord will come forth and serve him. That's one of the rewards. Praise God. Uh, another thing he said, uh, come ye, he's going to give as a reward, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Prepare for you from the foundation of the world. Understand this, stewards. It's a great reward God has prepared for those that will feed his sheep. He takes it real personal. You know, because he died for these sheep. He suffered for these sheep. He gave up almost everything so that he can build a church. Amen. 
and presented unto God a glorious church without spot of or wrinkle. First Peter 5 and 2 said, Feed the flock of God which is among you. All right. And 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, listen carefully. Moreover, it is required. Somebody said required. Required. In stewards that a man be found faithful. A man be found faithful. Now, in this case, you're going to be faithful in that which is another man's. All right? Because he's the one that died for the sheep. In other words, you're going to be steward. You're going to oversee. You're going to manage. You're going to parcel out food in due season. How many of you know, shepherds, that all of your sheep pretty much are not the same? Some of them is fat. Some of them is skinny. Some of them is weak. Some of them is strong. Some of them are poor. Some of them are... You know, got these funny town ways. But they got sheep just the same. And your job is to watch over them and to feed them and not abuse them, not use them, not take for granted the shepherd who assigned you over them. Okay? A faithful man, a faithful steward, is someone who is committed, trustworthy, reliable, loyal, steadfast. He, he does not lie. He keeps the truth. He's persistent. Okay, this is a faithful servant. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 28 and 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Amen. So, we want you to understand a faithful man is uh, faithful, he's stable, he's steady, he fears God, he's moral. Mm-hmm. And his Lord can safely trust in him. You don't have to worry about his sheep under your care. That you will not abuse them, misuse them, or rip them off, or fleece them, or things like that. You know, ill-treat them. But that you will feed them. And some of them you might have to feed uh, different types of diet because they are not as strong or weak. They're not as strengthened as others. So you have to take the time out with them. And the Lord is saying, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Okay? See, the Lord understands about his servants. And if he has sent you to serve a man of God or to be a shepherd over his flock, those are very important. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a servant that was sent to serve a man of God, a powerful man of God. Matter of fact, turn to uh, Second Kings and it talks about 
the servant of Elisha. Now Elisha served his master, Elijah the prophet, for 21 years. He poured water on the hands of Elijah and he was faithful to Elijah to the point that when Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind, the mantle fell down to Elijah and Elijah picked it up and he got a double portion anointing than what Elijah had. That will, will happen uh, when you are faithful, uh, when you serve your master, you will pretty much pick up his mantle. I know a lot of uh, people that have served their former shepherd, been faithful, and, and, and the next thing you know, the same anointing or mantle that they their previous uh, pastor had, they received it. And they could pick up where that former pastor left off and even greater. And this is what happened in a situation with Elijah, Elisha. All right? He was a prophet of the Most High God. He got a double portion anointing. In other words, he did twice as many miracles as Elijah. Okay? Now, I want to, I, I, I'm laying this foundation because your eyes are going to become opened after we get into 2 Kings uh, 5, and I want you to start at 20. For those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in his turn around. Hallelujah. This is going to be real good. Now, remember yesterday we talked about those spirits of inheritance. I want to go over that so that when we get down to here, you will kind of be reviewed about what we talked about. The spirits of inheritance, they are in the invisible realm. It's on the DNA, the, the things that have to do with heredity, which you pass down to the next generation. And these spirits of inheritance, they, as I said, they target the spiritual aspect of your DNA protein uh, section, sequence, the amino acid. You break down proteins and you'll get amino acids. And they are involved in joining together and producing parts of your body. Like, like, like we talked about yesterday, depending on how the DNA instructs the, the uh, RNA, messenger, messenger RNA, and they can go and deal with the ribosomes and then they can make, well, the DNA say, well, so this person, this baby needs two ears. So DNA will give the template to messenger RNA. We need two ears for this baby. And then messenger RNA takes what DNA says and give it to the ribosome. And the ribosomes is like the factory. And they would get all of their little chemicals. And then next thing you know, the baby got two ears. See, this is how it's made. It's very, very unique the way God did this. And then, like I said, if there's a natural, all truth being parallel, there's a spiritual. 
And see, the spiritual is with, is not known to man unless the Holy Ghost reveals it unto them. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, then you don't get revelation. You are in the dark. Okay? Let's start at 5 and 20, Second Kings. This is Jehazah. He is the servant of Elisha. Praise God. But Gehazah, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman, the Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord lived, see, that was his mistake. He's going to bring the Lord in on his covetousness. <laughs> as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Let me just explain to you. Gehazi was the servant of Elijah. And you know you got different types of servants. And what I have observed in this one, Gehazi, that he was covetous. He desired what somebody else had. Um, he was not really following Elijah as a servant with the same motive, purpose, and a plan that Elijah had. He was looking at what he could get. Elijah was looking at what he could give, how he could help God's people. And here we got, and, and you know this yourself. I work with people, and their motives were not right. They were in it for what they could get out of it. They didn't have the heart of the shepherd or cared about the sheep at all. They were basically like a hireling. They were just getting paid, basically. And here we have Gehazi, who's working with this powerful man of God. And, and what I found out, Elijah did not just dismiss him, even though he knew he was a crook. He, he let the wheat and the tail grow together. Amen. And let God do the separating. And that's what I want to say. Sometimes, you just like when, when, when Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, Jesus didn't publicly renounce him. He let the wheels of God do the work in Judas. He didn't even, even when he exposed him at his arrest, when he got arrested, he just, all he said was to Judas Iscariot, betrayeth thou me with the kiss? And called him friend. Amen. But here Gehazi, he was a slugger unjust to me. He, he had eyes that were full of the wrong thing. He loved this present world. You could tell. Because listen at what he said. Behold, my master hath spared Naaman. So, in other words, he felt like Elijah should have got, because Naaman was a rich man, should have got some of that and gave him some. Has spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. If you want to go back and see all that, I don't have, for the sake of time, uh, read 2 Kings 5 verse 1 to 19, and it'll tell you about all Naaman had when he came. He was a leper, but he was a faithful man of God. Faithful, 
for his whoever he was serving in the Syrian army. That's why he was captive, even though he was a leper. And he was rich. The man had means and money. But he found out, the, uh, when they took some of the Jews captive, he had a little servant girl who obviously liked Le uh, 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 Naaman because she told his wife that, I know a prophet in Israel that can cure my master. So he must have been a very fine man, but he was a leper. And sure enough, he followed up, and he got cleansed of his leprosy. And then he came back to Elisha and wanted to pay him. Now watch this. I'm gonna talk, uh, This is wisdom speaking to you. There's good money and there's bad money. You better know when people want to give you something, you better pray. Because remember we talked about the spirits of inheritances that interact and target your DNA and then it's passed down. And a lot of times we don't see it because it's in the spiritual realm. But we greedy after it. We covetous. We don't ask God. I just want, I want this and I want to use it and spend it upon my own lust. Some things you need to leave behind and say no. Elijah, and we don't see nowhere where God told him not to take that money. All we know is that he refused it. Keep listening. Verse 21. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? Or in Hebrew it says, Is there peace? But, verse 25, he told him and lied to Naaman that Elijah had had some prophets to come in and he wanted some gold. Uh, and to, uh, I mean some silver and some garments for these prophets but he was lying he was actually coveting Naaman's silver the sin of covetousness write that down if you got a pen the sin of covetousness you better watch it <laughs> you know watch it church folk I know sometimes we get in a situation we might need that extra money but you better pray and ask God. Because God knows what you have need of before you even ask. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken him that see bed bread. Sometimes you might be in a poverty situation for a test to see where your heart is. And if your heart is not in, in the right place, listen carefully. It could affect your entire life. It could shut down your ministry forever. So you better be watching daily at the Lord's gates and waiting at the post of his doors. Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life, look at that, consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he uh, possesseth. All right? You have to be careful when you're in the ministry. And see, don't be 
watching your mentor and trying to determine what he ought to be doing. Did you hear what I just said? I've, you know, I've been in the ministry a lot of times, and I've had armor bearers and all of this. And a lot of times they think that the decisions that I made were not right. That, that because I made a decision to do this, that I hadn't saw God, and I should have did what they thought I should have done. And many times, in this case, it was greed. You got to watch these things. Watch. Now let's go to 25. Now he done went and got the money and all of this from Naaman. Lied and, 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 and told the man. And the man said, oh, well, take two. Take two times. You know, he was very generous. And he said, okay, you want to give me two? Yeah. 25. <clears throat> After this, he went in and stood before his master. And Elijah said unto him, Whence cometh thou Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went nowhere. Now this is what blows my mind. We're going to go into, I want you to mark 2 Kings 6, 8, 9, 8 to 19. We're going to go there. But I, wanna, I want you to understand, he's going to stand before Elisha and tell and lie and say, I haven't been anywhere. Now, he even saw all the miracles that Elijah had, all right? As a matter of fact, <clears throat> let's go over there to 2 Kings, and I'm going to show you this particular miracle that Gehazi uh, was involved in, and it was pertaining him. Let's go to 2 Kings 6, and I want you to go down to 8. This is very important. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God, this is Elisha, this is just how powerful Elisha was. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for there the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, I want to know who's betraying me. Who's telling the king of Israel where we going to uh, war against him? Because I ain't spoke to him, but yet and still he know where we at. Somebody is a traitor. And he said, watch this. And one of his servants said, none, my lord. <laughs> o king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. See, God, this man is terrible. I'm telling you, Elijah is bad to the bone. God reveals to this man about the king of Israel where they got set up booby traps on him. And Elijah reveals it unto the king of Israel, and he is spared. See? 
Uh, and he said, go and spy where he is, verse 13, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Dotham, saying, behold, he is at Dotham. All right, now, so they went and they got their horses and chariots and great hosts, and they came by night. Amen. Now, go to verse 15. This concerns Gehazi. And when the servant of the man of God was risen up early and gone forth. This is Gehazi. And gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elijah said to him, I'll just put that in there. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now watch here. Here's another thing. We're going to go into the unsearchable riches of Christ in this one. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. May I have your attention, please? Now, did you see what is said in verse 15? And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host uh, compassed the city both with horses and chariots, this is what Gehazi saw. He saw this. But here down in 17, Elijah's praying that God opens his eyes. Well, which did he see the, the, the chariots roundabout? You know, the Syrian army? Did he see it? So why does he need his eyes open? Hello. See, this is what I'm saying. Remember we talked about yesterday that you must be born again. Because when you, when Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, let's just go over there to Genesis 3. I want you to see something. And this is going to open your eyes and let you behold wondrous things out of God's law. All right, now. The Lord told him... Genesis 2, 17, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because in the day that he ate of it, he would surely die. Now, I want you to go to Genesis 3 and 6. Or 5. Let's start at 5. The serpent tells Eve that she will not surely die if she eats of that tree. The serpent says, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Now watch this. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, now she saw something, but he said their eyes would be open. Now she's still seeing something. Keep watching. Good for food, and it was pleasant to the eye, the tree to be desired, to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. Now, wasn't she just looking at that tree and seeing that it was good for food? 
a tree to be desired to make one. She's looking at it. So what eyes is she talking about? Her eyes were open. Do you understand that when they ate of that fruit, their spiritual aspect died and the natural eyes came open? I'll say that again. Their spirit died when they partook of that tree. Because it tells you right there uh, in uh, verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open. So there got to be another set of eyes that were opened. If you go up to uh, verse 25, Genesis 2.25, it says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were naked. And they were not ashamed before they ate of that tree. But go down to uh, verse uh, Genesis 3 and 10. Watch this. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> he was already naked before he ate the tree. But now after he ate the tree, he realized that he's naked. Take fig leaves, sew them together, and hide. Something took place. In other words, the natural, the spiritual, sorry, the spiritual eyes shut, were screwed shut now. He could no longer see into the spirit. But now he could see into the, into the natural realm. That realm of the spirit was severed. This is why we're saying, when you're born of a woman... You're born in sin, shaping in iniquity, according to Ephesians 2. You're born dead in trespasses and sin. And according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world blinds you. This is going to be a little, this blows my mind when the Holy Spirit will. The God of this world will blind the mind so that the light of the glory of the uh, Jesus Christ will not shine. So a lot of us are walking. Watch this. If we're not born again, you're walking in blindness. The God of this world has blind you. And I'm going to show you how that people can walk in blindness and not know it. Let's keep working. Let's go back. To uh, Second Kings, you gonna just gonna blow your mind. I'm telling you, it blew mine. Watch this, Second Kings. Let's go back. And when they came down, okay. Uh, and Elijah prayed, and the Lord said, "Lord, I pray He open his eyes that he may see." And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. Now he's been blinded all this time. His, his spiritual eyes have been blinded. So he couldn't see in the spirit realm. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. When God opened his eyes, he saw uh, horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. He couldn't see that until the Lord opened his eyes. Before he just saw the uh, Syrian army with their horses and chariots. 
But when God opened his eyes, now he could see into the spirit realm. So that lets you know that he has been blinded all of his life, walking in blindness. Now, I'm going to show you how people even today that are not born again are walking in blindness and do not know they're walking in blindness. It looks to them like they're in the right path. Watch carefully. Now, go down here. It says this. Verse 18, 2 Kings 6 and 18. And when they came down to him, Elijah prayed unto the Lord again and said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. And Elijah said unto them, watch this, This is not the way, neither is this the city, Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Now watch. The king of Assyria told them to go to Dothan and get Elisha. They went to Dothan and surrounded where uh, Elijah was. Then Elijah prayed that the Lord would smoke the Syrian army with blindness. Okay? So when he got to the Syrian arm, army, God had smoked them with blindness. And what did Elijah say? Watch this. This is not the way. It was the way. They had found him. They were there. They just hadn't start, attacked him yet. He told them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. It was. But they couldn't, they had been smoked with blindness. So, so they were now in darkness. Follow me, he said, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. The man who they were seeking was talking to them. But they were in blindness. But he led them to Samaria. See, the king of Syria told him, go to Dothan. Elijah led them to Samaria. They was in uh, blindness, and they couldn't tell. And it came to pass when they were come into Samaria that Elijah said, he prayed again, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. May I have your attention? This is a deep spiritual truth. Because in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it talks about the God of this world will blind the minds of them that believe not. Let's just go over there so we can read it together. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. Let's start at 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So if you do not believe in Jesus Christ, your mind is blinded, like them Syrian soldiers. All right? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So if you have not accepted Jesus, you are in darkness. You have been blind. And you're traveling on your lifespan thinking you're doing right. 
thinking you're on the right path, you can't see that you're on the wrong path. You can't see it. And then when we come up and say, you know, you you going the wrong way, you're going to cuss us out. You know, because we got the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ shining in. We got the truth. But you in blindness and you you think you're going the right way. But you're not going. You, you're going over the cliff. And we're trying to get you before you pass from death into the next uh, life, into judgment. And then be eternally lost and separate. But with the blindness showing you, you can't see. Just like these Syrian soldiers. Elijah was easily able to fool them. They was at the right place. They had went to Dothan. They had surrounded Elijah's house with their chariots and horses. Amen. And, and, and then the next thing you know, Elijah prayed that they be blinded from where they were. And God blinded them. And they could not even find the door to the house. Same thing that happened over in Sodom when they went up against Lot. Them angels blinded them men. And they couldn't even find where the door to, uh, the knob to the door. This blindness is real. And these and, and see, when you blind, anybody can lead you by the hand. Remember Sergius Paulus uh, uh, in New Covenant when um, Paul and them wanted to give him the gospel and this man didn't want him to have it. And Paul said, you shall be blind for a season. And he had to have somebody lead him by the hand. I want you to see this because... Uh, I want you to understand about Gehazi. And this is uh, one of the services. I'm going to show you more stuff about him. This is incredible. But this is what Gehazi saw. So it's no excuse for him to come and stand before Elijah and lie. If you see how Elijah is operating, he saw miracles. You know, all kinds of miracles Gehazi saw. And this is what I don't understand. You know this man is hearing from God, God, the Holy Spirit guiding him and all that, and you going to come and stand before him and lie? Gehazi, where you done been? Oh, I ain't been nowhere. I said, is he insane? Don't you know that this man is, he, I got a list, of, I'm going to show you all the miracles. If you write them down, you can read them at your own leisure about all the miracles that Gehazi saw at the hand of Elijah. Uh, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. Now you write these down and read them at your own leisure. 2 Kings 4, 12 to 37. 2 Kings 4, 38 to 44. 2 Kings 6, 1 to 32. 2 Kings 7, 1 to 20. 2 Kings 8, 1 to 13. And 2 Kings 9. All of these miracles Gehazi witness coming from Elisha. And he going to go and covet Naaman's silver. And then come and stand, and stand before Elijah and lie. It reminds me, Apostle, about how Ananias and Sapphira, you know, how they had property. It was theirs. They sold the property. It was theirs. 
I don't understand what possessed them to come and lie to Peter about how much money that they had got from their property. It was unnecessary. And then they're going to lie to the Holy Ghost and fall flat on their face, dead. And this is what I don't understand. Why would Gehazi, seeing all of these miracles, why would he come and lie? Okay, now let's go back. Let me see. I want to make sure I'm finished with this. You see the miracle that he just saw? He saw his eyes, his spiritual eyes were open. God allowed him to see in the spirit realm. Because when he was born, he, everybody that's born under Adam is born with a dead spirit. You cannot see into the spirit realm. God has to open your eyes so that you can see. So Elijah prayed for Gehazi. God opened his eyes, and he saw all round about Elijah chariots of fire. All right? Then Elijah performed another miracle on the Syrian soldier. He prayed to God, blind them. And here they are following Elijah to Samaria, thinking that they're going to find the right man that the Syrian king told them to get. And the right man is leading them to Samaria. They can't see it. They can't see that they're leaving Dothan and going to Samaria. They've been blinded. And I want you to understand that the eyes of your understanding can be darkened yes. when you turn away from God. Let's go to Ephesians 4.18. Just for this. Amen. Ephesians 4.18. This is for those that have uh, 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 turned away from God or think that God is not worth, you know, uh, serving and that they got it going on and they don't need God. Ephesians 4 and 18. For those of you that have your Bibles. This, uh, let's start at 17. Watch this. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind. Watch this. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness. Somebody say blindness. Blindness. Blindness of their heart. All right. And it goes on to tell you more about this kind of blindness. Uh, if you were uh, who be past feeling have given themselves over unto lascivious to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's how that dead spirit acts. And if you want to know more about how that dead spirit acts, go over to Romans. All right. One, praise God, and 29. Ah. Well, that whole chapter tells you, <laughs> it basically tells you, I'll put it like this, uh, it basically tells you from Romans one twenty one to Romans one twenty one to 32 tells you all about that dead spirit you got going on inside of you, the depths of Satan. So that's why you need to be born again. Because as Apostle said yesterday, they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you consider these things when you feel like you don't need God, you don't need to be born again. 
that you can do it on your own. Understand spiritual laws and what go on in the spirit that you do not see, that you do not have wisdom about, that the devil sure ain't going to tell you about. But the Holy Ghost will pull the curtain back to see what's actually going on. You think you are headed in the right direction, and you're being led astray. You're being led into a trap. You're being led into captivity and don't even know it. Hello. Now, let's go back to 2 Kings 5.25. But he went in and stood before his master, and Elijah said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, they, Thy servant went nowhere. And the Hebrew said, not hither or thither. I ain't been nowhere. Just lying. And I said, don't he know that man? No, he lying. And look at 26. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee. This is 2 Kings 5, 26. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee? <laughs> went not my spirit heart. My spirit went with thee. See, He's blinded. He can't see in the spiritual realm. He cannot see that. Elijah's spirit went with him when he, when he went over to get that stuff from Naaman. See, he's blinded. His spirit is darkened. He can't see in the spirit realm. But Elijah telling him, my spirit went with you when you stopped Naaman on his horse. Hmm? And he said unto him, went not my heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee. All right? Remember, Elijah was there when Elijah, I'm sorry, Gehazi was there when Elijah would tell the king of Israel what the king of Syria was doing in his bedchamber. So you know that, that, that Elijah had the ability to see into the spirit realm. He had the ability to walk in the spirit. And Gehazi knew this. Amen. Now, this is the question that the Holy Spirit wants to ask the body of Christ. Let's start at 26 again. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Watch this. Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and man servants, maid servants? We know inflation is high. We know that, 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 that there's a thing going on with the money and everything. And a lot of the body of Christ are getting caught up in lottery. And all of these kind of things to supplement their incomes. Or they're going into stocks, bonds, and all of these things so that they can supplement income. And some of them are not paying their tithe and giving offerings, which is God's economic program, and giving as the Lord tells them to give. They're not trusting in the Lord or believing that God will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. So they're using other means. Some of them is using sinful methods to get money. You know, instead of them getting a job, they're going to get somebody that got a job 
and sit up and rob them or seduce them and and let well I put it like this with the Holy Spirit said you know instead of you the man getting a job you gonna get with some woman and let her take care of you instead of you working Paul said if you don't work you don't eat. And then there's the situations of life that, well, you're going to steal because you can get out and work, but you'd rather steal. And in this case, you're going to scheme and scam people out of money. You know, sometimes they go uh, uh, on these on the websites and stuff and start using corporations and stuff and, and scam people out of their money and that kind of thing. Older folk get their money through some quick scheme of some sort. All these different kind of ways you're going to use. And the Holy Spirit is saying, is this the time for this? Is this the time for you to be coveted after money? Is it? The Ecclesiastes takes to every time there's a season for everything under the sun. If you're born again, if you're in the body of Christ, your citizenship is not here on the earth. You are supposed to observe what's going on in this world system and pray and, and allow the, what's in heaven to be done here in the earth. You find out what the will of God is, and that's what you pray, bind, loose, and everything. That the will of God that is in heaven will be established here on the earth. That's your job as a priest and a king unto God. But here you is going after money or coveting after money. And the Holy Spirit said, is this time for this now? We know the time is winding up. Jesus soon to come for his bride and all of this. That, the, that we're getting ready to go in tribulation period. Make no mistake of that. They're going to get into the one world government. Make no mistake of that. You read it right in your Bible. It tells you this. It's no secret. You know what's getting ready to come on the horizon. So he's asking you a question. Is this a time that we, is it a time to receive money and receive garments, clothes, you know, olive yard, vineyard, you know, property, cars, you know. Some of us pastors fleecing the flock so that we can have special houses and land. Fleecing the flock. Fleecing God's people. Just so that you can live in a fancy house and got a nice car. You're not feeding the flock. You're fleecing the flock. You're not teaching them anything. It's just a big place of entertainment for you. And the poor sheep, they are being caught up into all kind of things because there is no teaching priest teaching them how to get into the things of God. How to know about the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. How to know how to sow and reap. You're not showing them any of that. It's just a big entertainment platform. And in the process, you're fleecing them. Every time you turn around, we got an offering for this, an offering for that. Mm. And the Holy Ghost wants, is this the time to get money? To get olive yards? Vineyard, sheep, oxen, maid service. Is this the time for this year? But is it the last time? Is it the last hour? What we supposed to be doing? This question came up 
on the broadcast yesterday the last time. What is it that we supposed to be doing in this last time? What? Now watch this. This is another unsearchable riches that I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to go deep into this and you're going to see something you haven't saw. We kind of brought it up yesterday when it came down to the blood of Jesus. But this is what I wanted to bring out yesterday. Now read, um, let me just make sure I, I, get, I, I just want to share with you before I get into that. In 1 Timothy 6 and 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. All right. It also say that an adulterous woman will eat and wipe her mouth and say, I have done nothing wicked. This is what <laughs> Gehazi went before he lied. Oh, I didn't know what. But it's <laughs> it said, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and said, I have done no wickedness. That's Proverbs 30 and 20. All right. All right. But look at what Abram did when he met with the king of Sodom and had won that battle with those five kings. And the king of Sodom said, here, I'm going to give you this. I want to give you that. Well, he had already met with Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of righteousness, king of peace, and made a covenant with Melchizedek and gave him tithe of all. And when the king of Sodom, the king of Sodom, y'all hear me? The king of Sodom came, he told him, I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet. This is Genesis 14, 23. And that I will not take anything that is thine, king of Sodom. Lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. This is the mindset that the prophet Elijah had. I ain't going to take nothing from you. When you start taking something from people, you better know their background. You better know what they stand for. You better know what's in them. You better know what type of spirit of inheritance is in them. Let's read 2 Kings. 527. This is uh, Elijah's response to Gehazi. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leopard as white as snow. You remember we talked about in the blood, in the spiritual aspect of the blood, like we, we see natural DNA and spiritual DNA, that what happens is that it, the, the spiritual DNA works in the invisible realm, and the human psyche is oblivious to it. Unless you get revelation. That's why I said sometimes there's good money, there's bad money. 
uh, Abraham would not take anything from the king of Sodom. Elijah would not take anything from the captain of the Syrian army, Naaman. Even though he got riches and gold, he got silver and gold, he got garments, he got all the, but they wouldn't take it. What? I believe it's because of the spiritual DNA called spirits of inheritance, which we talked about yesterday, that these spirits attach themselves to the spiritual DNA, targeting the amino acid sequence in the breakdown of protein, and they are passed down as family trait, behavior pattern, wrong deeds, lawlessness. All right? You got to watch what you coveted after. Gehazi was coveting after silver and gold in the natural. But he got something in the supernatural that he had not realized he was getting along with silver and gold. He got Naaman's leprosy. And not only did it attach to him, but as we see, these spirits is passed down to the next generation. And Elisha said, forever, for you, Gehazi, all of your descendants from now on until eternity are going to be lepers. You see? You have to be careful in what you covet. It's the sin. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not covet or want something that belongs to somebody else. Or, or covet after uh, in, in, in Exodus 20 and 5. It says, let's see. Thou shall not bow thyself to them. This is talking about other gods. Nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. And uh, I'm just going to read what it says about thou shalt not covet. In Exodus 20, I believe it is, it tells us about uh, thou shalt not covet. Just give me a moment to get there. If you are coveting, and a lot of the body of Christ is coveting, what they see somebody else got, they want it, all right? And the Bible talks about uh, coveting. Verse uh, Exodus 20 and uh, 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his masters, nor his maser, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Don't covet it. And it talks about that men coveting after money, that the the the, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, while some men covet after it, they fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men. See, this is what, body of Christ, we need to know these things. Because my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. 
And my, many of God's shepherds are dumb. They don't know when to bark. They are greedy. Greedy dogs, he called them. They're, they're not warning the people like Pastor was saying yesterday. Warning them. Blowing the trumpet in their congregations when they see people, you know, maybe in the lottery and, 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 and going still, you know, like in my church, they would go up to you if they know that you maybe came into an inheritance. And next thing you know, they up in your face say, I need this, my mama need this, my, my daddy needs an operation, and they covered money from you. And the pastor know about it and just let it ride. Or they see people in the church that are ripping off other members in the church. Or even men going with women knowing that that woman got some money and they're going to marry them so that they can get some of it. Come on now. We need to hear this body of Christ. We need to pull the cover off of this. So that we be no more children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine and cunning craftiness by the slight of men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And, and this is what I'm saying. A lot of pastors ain't talking about, we're talking about you're going to get blessed. You're going to get a breakthrough. You, you ain't getting nothing if you ain't paying your tithes and giving your offering and obeying God. <laughs> you know, you got to say, I love Yield Pearson because somebody got to tell it. We can't keep it under the rug. We got to pull the cover off. And that's what my anointing, when my pastor anointed me, he said the Lord has anointed you to pull the veil back. So that's what I do, you say. And uh, I believe that the blinders are coming off of some people. Some of them people that's bugging you for money, body of Christ, tell them no. Get a job and work with their hands so that they'll have something to give. Instead of always up borrowing money from you, let them work. Mm -hmm. My grandchildren, Apostle, they was looking. I had it. I said, Yeah, I got it. You, you do this job over there and I'll pay you. You're not just going to come and rob. They knew the day I got, the day I got paid and everything. And they thought they're going to come and get, yeah, yeah, I don't mind paying you, but I got a chore over here for you to do. I need my, my kitchen floor scrubbed. And I'll pay you. I need the weed. I need somebody to help me out here in the yard. Weed. No, you're not just going to come in here and rip me off and go somewhere. You got muscles and strength. You're going to do some work. You're going to work with your hands. And then I teach them. When you get your money, you pay your tithe and give God an offering. I don't just raise up children to be, you know, some bum from the neighborhood. You teach them how to lead constructive lives, how to be productive, how to be able to, to discern and receive from God the principles so that you won't be the tail, but you'll be the head. You'll be above only and not beneath. Amen. So, I wanted to share this about that leprosy. See, a lot of stuff you 
a coveted, uh, I heard a lady say, she said her sister was so covetous of her, she wanted everything she got. And she said, you know what else? She got what I had. She got my diabetes. In the world, woman didn't have diabetes. She said she got my diabetes. She coveted so much, always wanting this, and want, didn't want me to have the good thing, and coveted. And the next thing you know, the the girl was cured, and, she, and her sister got diabetes. I don't know how that worked out, but that's what happened. So you got to watch it and pray. And work with your own hands. You know, I deal with this a lot. Because when you give, God going to bless you. And and uh, I always look for what God has said in his word on where to put the money at. And so God going to bless it. If you uh, bless Israel, God going to bless you. That's scripture. And I don't care what people say. I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. That's written. And then he talk about if you give to the hungry, to uh, no clothes, people ain't got no clothes in prison. Uh, he said, you've done this to the least of these my brethren. Those my brothers that you've given. You did it unto me. And God is a giver. And the Bible says, give and it shall be given. Good measure, press down, shake it together. And see, that's y'all looking at the, the good. There's another realm to this that you don't see. We see it in the natural, but what is the spiritual realm? To give and it shall be given. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. If you don't give, you shall not be given to you. All right? And I just wanted to share this here. Because we got to worry about being good stewards over God's inheritance. And there are different types of servants. Remember we talked about the servant that said, My Lord delayeth his coming and started to beat the men's servants and the man's servants. And God came in an hour when he thought not and cut him asunder and gave him his portion with the hypocrites. And then, you know, God has made us stewards over his flock here in the earth. We ain't got no business getting covetous or anything like that. We better be good stewards like it tells us here. Uh, I'm just going to read this a little bit here. And then I'm shutting down. It says here, Luke 12, 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler. That means uh, in charge. <laughs> like he told them, them uh, stewards that had the ten, two, and ones. And I think there was another one that had five, two, and one. He told them today, uh, he told them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Uh, thou shalt be ruler of many. In one place he said unto him, Well, uh, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little half, thou authority over ten cities. He says, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Amen. 
He's going to tell some servants, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for the uh, from the foundation of the world. All right? God got all kind of gifts for his people. But you got to be faithful and wise. And I thank God for uh, what we have covered today. I want you to remember that God's word was found and we did eat. And his word is unto us the joy and the rejoicing of our heart. For we are called by thy name, O Lord God of hope. Father, I pray that the word of God go forth over the airways. Father, that it will enter into the hear, ears of those that are not forgetful hearers, but doers of the word. I pray, Lord, and rebuke Satan that he will not steal this word out of the hearts of men, that this word will become engrafted, become a part of them, Lord, into their spirit, that it will take root. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, the rain will rain on it, the sun will shine on it, and the ground will give its increase, that it will bring forth fruit, purge that fruit, Bring forth more fruit, much fruit, and let the fruit remain. And Father, we thank you for it all. We give you the glory for enlightening us, giving us truths that we have never seen before, understanding that we have never known before, that we'll walk in it, Lord, that we'll remember the things that we have heard. We'll give you the glory, all the praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you for tuning in. I want you to remember what Jesus said to the peace people at that Feast of Tabernacles. He said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This spake he of the Holy Spirit. And if you lack wisdom, ask God. He gives to everybody liberally, copiously. Amen. God bless you. I love you. And I'm praying for you. You have an outstanding afternoon. Apostle, did you have anything you wanted to share? No, no. Uh, you covered all the bases. All I could think of. One thing my pastor told me, Dr. Fowler, uh, you talked about being fat. Mm. And he broke that word down for me. He spelled it out. Faithful, available, and teachable. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard while you were teaching. Mm -hmm. Even as we're feeding the flock, mm -hmm. we eat after them, not before them. Mm -hmm. uh, Ezekiel 34. But if I could read something real quick. Absolutely. Ephesians chapter 1. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. And this is a prayer, Paul's prayer for knowledge and understanding. Mm -hmm. And it ties right into what you just got through sharing with us. You said Ephesians. Ephesians. Chapter 1. Chapter 1. Mm -hmm. And I start at verse 15 on down to um, 19. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and love unto all the saints, yes. cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Yes. That the God, this is the prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. the Father of glory, may give unto you the this, this spirit of wisdom mm 
and revelation in the knowledge of him. Watch this, verse 18, to your point. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, mm -hmm. opened, if you will, yeah. that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of, his, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Praise God. And that what is, and that what is the exceeding greatness of His power, mm -hmm. to usward, mm -hmm. who believe, mm -hmm. according to the working of His majest, His mighty, mighty power. power. Praise the Lord. That 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 just stood out mm -hmm. all the while you were ministering. I couldn't turn away from that, <laughs> although God. I was following you in the scriptures. But this is the hope mm -hmm. that we have for those who have heard. That their eyes of their understanding be mm -hmm. open or enlightened. Mm -hmm. uh, that God would illuminate. Yeah. That you might see spiritually the things. Amen. that What God is showing us is in the spiritual, mm -hmm. not in the natural. Mm -hmm. What's in the natural is of this world. Yes. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, mm -hmm. and the pride of life. It is not of God. Praise God. Amen. And, 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 and you can't, when you got the God of this world blind in your mind. Yeah. He gonna blind you until you leave the planet. Yeah. When you stand before God, so now is the time. And two, have you thinking that He has some kind of power? Excellent. Excellent. That's the deception. Mm -hmm. That's the whole deception that He had Satan, the devil, mm -hmm. has any kind of power. Exactly. Yes, He's called the Prince of Power of the Air, but He literally have no power. Nor do you have any place that he can call home. Mm -hmm. he, there's no more place found for him in heaven. Mm -hmm. None. Mm -hmm. That's where the power is. Yes. And in earth. Amen. Glory to God. As we said in Second Thessalonians, he's a master of deception. Yeah, yeah. He'll make you just like you saw how Elijah operated with the... Amen. They don't know no better. They are yeah. blind. They're blind. Yeah. They think that Elijah is showing them the right, just like the devil yeah. is doing with his people. They think that the devil is leading them in the right place, and he's leading yeah. them into destruction, and they don't know it. Yeah. Elijah's servant would have served well just being a follower of his master, mm. his teacher. For Jesus said, the, the servant is not greater than his master, his Lord. Mm -hmm. Nor is the pupil greater than his teacher. Mm -hmm. This Gaza, mm -hmm. he uh, he stepped out of line big time. And I, and I've been, I've had to deal with that, you know, many times, and it's not pretty. And I'm gonna tell you something, body of Christ, and I, you get no, nothing you do against your mentor, or try to do against them, is gonna prosper. Amen. It ain't Amen. no, no good, good gonna come of it. Yep. Even if the mentor is wrong, yeah. they are not there for you to correct or Praise to God. judge. Amen? That's if good. you're going to do anything, pray for it. Even if, like say for instance, they say, I want you to give $100. And you give $100 and they take it and they go, you know, and buy a lavish color. That don't mean nothing. God's still going to bless you for being an obedient servant. You're not going to lose anything. But you are not going to be blessed coming up against your mentor you might as well honor them honor them and pray for them okay don't try to rip them off or try to undermine them or act like they don't know honey they know more than you think right. they know <laughs> amen 
All right. Well, God bless you. I love you. You have an outstanding afternoon. Never thirst again.